0: There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, when my heart becomes free. My shame is undone Your prayer presence Lord There's nothing worth more that will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your prayers
1: May be seated. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground, is what the psalm proclaims for us this morning. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Uh, how long's it been? Six weeks? Eight? Forever. I was getting used to preaching to two people. Um, But it's good to see everybody here. We pray for our safety. We pray for God's goodness to come into this place. And we pray that we can be renewed as the Spirit comes upon us and we celebrate Pentecost together. This morning's psalm is Psalm 104, verses 24 through 34. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at their proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. O God, who on this day taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
0: speak To wow. So shall we know the power of Christ who came this world to save. So shall John seven thirty seven through 39 on the last and greatest day of the festival jesus stood and said in a loud voice let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink whoever believes in me as scripture has said rivers of living water will flow from within them by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time the spirit had not been given since jesus had not yet been glorified Some mystery of this hope in me. How you hold the stars, yet you hold. i i Jesus Christ we magnify your life for your majesty we crown you King of Kings Jesus to
2: And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.
1: The word of the Lord. Well, it's not quite true that this Sunday we can say he is risen. He's risen indeed, hallelujah. Um, But Pentecost has two different stories. The one that we often read is from Acts 2, which is um, flames and fire and miracle and speaking in tongues, and thousands added to that number, and that is 50 days after Easter. The one we have in the Gospel of John is a little bit different. It actually happens on Easter evening. Every time I come to this text, I have to remind myself that this isn't some other day other than Easter that Jesus appears to the disciples at night. In, in John's gospel, at this moment, he's only appeared to Mary at the garden, and now people don't know. Um, the disciples are locked in, as, as Laurie read for us, for fear of the Jews. And so this Sunday for us is our Easter too. And for many of us, this is also a Sunday in which we still live in fear at the same time. What Jesus says is John in John's Gospel, if you will have pain, but your joy when the Spirit comes will overcome. This Sunday, as we come together back again and worship in joy, in the gift of worshiping again, we also acknowledge that there's pain. Minimally in our valley, more in our state, more in our country, and much more throughout the world. And so we come to receive this gift of joy that overcomes. It's a joy that can't be taken away from us. And so we return to Easter evening with the disciples afraid and locked in a room. It was like uh, all, all the time I was preparing the sermon, I was like, don't make a social distancing joke. Um, and so you make them yourself as I go through this because I'll, I'm resisting the the need to say what you could say about people locked in a room at this time. Um, but they're afraid at this moment. And what ch- happens is that Jesus appears to them in this small room and says, peace be with you. It says that the door is locked, and there's something that we're to believe that Jesus' resurrected body can move through this, whether the door opened for him as it was unlocked, or he can appear in the room, that his resurrected body is different in some way. Jesus appears to them in the center of the room. Now, what I want to, to partially say here is, is that the next scene after this is the one with Doubting Thomas, and it says... In some translations, eight days later, this is uh, a thing that will cause me endless pain. I never explain it well. But since they had no zero, eight days later means the next Sunday. Um, So they start counting Sunday. Joey, does this make sense? Sure. So Sunday is one, and then eight days later is the next Sunday. And so what we find is that the disciples early on are gathered around the center of Jesus who appears among them. It's something we hold central here at Defiance Church is that why at the center of our service isn't the music team or um, something else, but we we sort of symbolize Christ's presence in the middle through communion, that, that when we gather on Sundays, it is Christ who appears in the middle of us. And it is in this centeredness of being centered on Christ that we find life, that we find goodness. And so this is where Jesus appears to them, and I love his greeting because it's peace be with you, which would be more common to say in our language, uh, I don't know if he does this in the message, but hey, what's up, man? Um, It's a very common greeting, um, and so we read into this, the religious language, and he says it a second time, which I think there's meaning in the greeting, this peace be with you. But I think in the first time, it's as if Jesus appears and is like, hey guys, me, Um, he doesn't quite uh, greet them in a way that says, here I am risen from the grave, worship me now. He greets them in the form that they would have been familiar with him. Jesus, as he would have interacted with them in life when he walked upon them fishing, would say, hey, peace be with you. And so here on the other side of the grave, he greets the disciples with the same thing. Peace be with you. And what he shows them is his wounds. And there's a lot we can see into this. First, many people say it's so that they recognize him as the crucified one. That Jesus is seen together as this not one who has gone to the cross and come to the other side. But the second thing, which is a, which is a John theme that shows up again in um, Revelation, is that it's this wounded one who holds the keys. And I think there's something that Christians can learn here about power and the ways in which things work is that when one has conquered the grave and holds the keys to life and death, one has robbed death of all its power, you would expect for them to come in triumphant. This is how we would have expected Jesus to come in the first place, triumphantly. And yet when Jesus comes back from the grave, he shows them his wounds. Not just to, I think, verify that, hey, I'm the one who was crucified. Part of me thinks, I don't think they would have forgotten that. Um, But to say that on the other side of this, power looks the same way sometimes. He doesn't come back as one overtly more powerful because of this. He comes back as one whose power is shown through weakness. This is what Paul tells us in the letter of Corinthians. And it's this power and weakness that enables him to overcome. But as he stands among them, he breathes on them. Well, before that, he says, peace be with you again. This time, I think, with the meaning of peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is a phrase that I think we can be a little too familiar with. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. If you read this in this moralistic sort of way, it's like, oh, as, as Jesus was sent by the Father to do things, so you are sent to do things. But you miss the next thing, which is he breathes the Spirit upon them. It's not through our own ingenuity that we go, okay, Jesus was sent by the Father, so I have to be sent too. It's fair, I think, for us as the disciples to be like, yeah, right. As the Father who is the one Who has created the universe, set the heavens, set the earth, has sent you, his only son, to take away the sins of the world. So too you send us, scared and locked in a room. The next thing that Jesus does is he breathes that spirit upon him that anoints them. Oftentimes, I've thought, oh, yes, as crowd has sent Jesus, so he sends me into the world. And I forget that I don't go into the world as Matt, the amazing person that I am. <laughs> I go into the world as one anointed by the same spirit that Christ was anointed by that brought him into being able to do the work that he could do. Sometimes I try to do it all myself. Sometimes I try to make this world healed the way that Christ did through my own ability to say that Christ, so as he was sent by the Father, he's sending me. And it's interesting to note that that here we see uh, this Trinitarian dynamic playing out. So as the Father sent the Son, the Spirit anoints us and sends us. But let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Next Sunday is Trinity Sunday. Um, I can tell you're all excited. Um, my favorite Sunday. Um, but, uh, you know, that there's this movement of this triune thing that's been together for the whole universe of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now being enacted on regular believers to go as sent ones into the world. And the ones they're sent as, and this is where Jesus is here, not leaving them as orphans as the way they thought they would be after the, Christian after the crucifixion, He sends them with the Holy Spirit to forgive the sins of anyone. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This, out of context, is a great challenge. To forgive the sins of anyone um, during this time or any time is to forgive them as whole, and to to retain them, to hold on to them, is to hold on to them for the end of time. Again, without the Spirit, a job a bit too big for us, but sometimes I feel with the Spirit a job a bit too big for me. But it's important that we remember the role that uh, sin plays in John's gospel. So there's a a great 1950s Jesus movie that's been redubbed, and Jesus comes upon the crowd, and he says to them, oh, look at all these miserable sinners. And he walks up to Simon, and he says, Simon... I know what you did last night, and Simon goes like this, and I don't even know what the context in the film it is, but then he's like, Peter, I saw when you stubbed your toe, you used my name in vain. Thomas, I don't know what you did, but you should feel sorry. Um, That Jesus comes as sort of this Debbie Downer. I wish I should have shown it. I did not think about talking about it this Sunday, but he comes as this one who just points out the ways in which I know what you did last night, and then you feel bad, But what sin is in John's gospel is unbelief. Sin is this unbelief in which God has transformed the world in its creation. And it's an unbelief that Jesus is among us acting as, uh, is, is among us as God's son. That as the light comes into the world, we run to the darkness Sin in John's gospel is not the action. It's not the Jesus who comes to you and says, when that camel cut you off in traffic, I saw you used a gesture that was unbecoming of you, Um, which is partially in that scene. Um, It's not just these little acts that add up, but it's the world that exists in unbelief. So if you remember back to last year when we talked about this one, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he was the Lamb of God who removes the stain that's on the world. And this stain isn't just cumulative actions of what we are, but it's this mass place in which we don't believe in the goodness in which God has created. This started in the fall, in some sense, when we thought we could be our own God's. And the sin that Jesus is talking about here is the son that he came to remove from the world. And so it's not that we remove the sin, but we witness, we become this community that witnesses to this new creation of being able to to, um, point out that the forgiveness of sins has happened. We become a community that can live and bear witness as if What Jesus lived and did was true. The last sermon series we did, Life Together, I meant to point out, is only possible by the Spirit. The community that exists by that way isn't possible other than through God's Spirit bringing it about for us. And so it's in receiving the Spirit that we become people capable of witnessing to this new creation. Capable of being in the world and And in some sense, forgiving the sins of anyone by showing them this reality that's possible, this way in the world. Receive the Holy Spirit. And it's in the rejection, it's in going back to unbelief that these sins are not forgiven. We are invited into continuing that work. Not of taking away the sins of the world as the Lamb of God did, but as witnessing and proclaiming that new reality of being set free in that way of being this foretaste of the new world that god has birthed in jesus christ and so we can see that newness in that creation and that christ breathes the spirit on the disciples this the greek word and the jewish Old Testament written in Greek, which isn't, it was written in Hebrew, but they had a Greek one, is the same word that he breathes into Adam to make new life. It's the same one in the book of Ezekiel that takes these dry bones and breath fills them again. That the spirit, and and the spirit in Greek and Hebrew is both, could be translated wind and, and breath and other things. It's not just clear that it's the spirit. You can translate it other ways. But the point being is that it's this way in which God breathes new life into that which was dead. Locked in a room, scared of what's out there, he breathes into them new life. They, like dead ones, meet the one who was dead. And he breathes into them new life and as Kara read for us during the worship, that this is rivers of living water that flow out of people. It comes into them and enables new life to be born there. So on this Sunday, the last Sunday of Easter season, the beginning of Pentecost, we hear the Spirit coming amongst us. That's what I have to say about John. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I have just a a weird theological thing on the back of the bulletin that I didn't realize I had much better things to say about John. (laughs) Um, Although they express it in many and various ways, New Testament texts generally suggest that the Spirit's role is to draw human creatures into the eschatological life made possible by God's raising the crucified Christ from the dead. I suggest the Spirit's relation is perhaps best summed up by the adjective circumambient. Let us pray. (laughs) Uh, uh, I used circumambient a couple years ago when we talked about the Spirit, and we often talk about the Spirit as it is within us, but we also ask the Spirit to be present in the world, and we ask the Spirit to come into our church life. I noticed during the prayer we had as a worship team before the service this morning, we said, God, breathe your spirit in us, but then we also asked that the spirit would be around us in the world. We asked that the spirit would be active in some ways. And this, this way in which we talk about the spirit is often p- bouncing back and forth between these two things. And so what David Kelsey is arguing here is that perhaps we should use the word circumambient, which I had to look up the first time I read it 10 years ago, so I looked it up again and put it at the bottom of the bulletin, being on all sides, encompassing. That he wants us to think about the Spirit's work as encompassing in our lives. Is the Spirit within you? Yes. Is the Spirit around you guiding you and protecting you? Yes. Is the spirit active in the world, bringing dry bones to life and inspiring new creation? Yes. Circumambient, he suggests, is the adjective that helps us do that. But what he mentions here, too, is that the the spirit, and we miss this if we just focus on Acts 2, although improperly focus on Acts 2, I would say, or this passage, is we miss that what the spirit is enabling us is to live in the world that God is anticipating in the future. The Spirit enables us to pray uh, in, in Romans and to say, Abba, Father. That, that the Spirit's role as it's deposited into the believer's life um, and into the world is to draw us into the consummation of all things that is to come. Oftentimes, if you ask Christians, what does the Spirit do? Miracles, tongues, or here's reasons why it doesn't do miracles and tongues, or, um, you know, it just sort of inspires me. But I think when we think of the Spirit's wholeness on Pentecost, it's that ability to see into the world that is to come. To know that violence perhaps doesn't have the last word. To know that forgiveness is the final word. To be able to enact life in a way that sees it from the end. Now if we had read Acts 2 in the King James You would hear two phrases. One is that Peter says of this day that the spirit is poured out on all flesh. He says this is that day. How can Peter say, using I think a passage from Joel, that this is the day of that fullness when we know that the disciples go out from that place and end up stoned and maimed and murdered and that's the history of the church and within the history of the church is its betrayal of the ideal of Christ. Through the Spirit, Peter can say, this is that day. And so as disciples filled with the Spirit, we can begin to see into the world in a different way that this is the day of God's fullness too. This is the day of transformation. And it empowers us to live differently. The second thing he says is, then is now. That what is then is now. Christians become those who can live on a different timeline, who can be brought into the end life that God has for us, brought into this by seeing the Spirit circumambiently living about us in our lives. We'll close with this last quote, which I think is pertinent for us, from Stanley wa- Wass. Christians are people who dare to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is, live lives out of control, coming to God dependent, em, God dependent, coming to God dependent, empty-handed, living lives, lives driven, I'll start again. Christians are people who dare to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, that is, live lives out of control, coming to God dependent, empty-handed, lives driven by and accountable to someone more interesting than ourselves. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them through freedom through the sea. Their children brought you; the their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and the resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they share in his final victory over the grave. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: I've been held in your hands From the moment that I w- nights you are close line. Good. all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so
1: In humility and faith, let us confess our sins to God. Merciful God, we confess confess that we we have sinned sinned against you in in thought, thought, word, and deed, by what what we we have done, by what we have have left left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, Help us us amend what what we are and direct direct what what we shall be be, so that that we may delight in your will and and walk in your ways to to the glory of your holy name. Let us hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us, Christ rose for us, Christ reigns in power for us, Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen. And let us join in confessing the faith together this Sunday. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Creator of heaven I and earth, the my name Jesus Christ, Christ his only, only Son, our Lord, who was conceived b- by the Holy Spirit, Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius, Pontius Pilate, was, was crucified, died, was buried, ascended he into heaven. The third day he rose he again, ascended into, he heaven. Again. He sent sent into he heaven, is seated at the right hand, he and will, he will come like judge the living. The dead, Holy spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, of the body, life life, everlasting. Amen. This morning, uh, we're going to practice communion again. We have uh, kids' communion on the right with a. grapes and crackers. On the left, we have, I believe, just grape juice and uh, crackers. Um, Nobody, as we know, is required to come forward. Uh, Kelly prepared it with a mask and washed her hands, so if you feel comfortable to receive communion today, we'll have it available. And I'll dismiss groups. We'll go clockwise this way, so starting with you guys and then around. Um, I'll dismiss in groups so we can maintain proper social distancing. um, uh, But it was on the night in which Christ was betrayed. uh, He said to the disciples that uh, why can I not spend a long time? um, um, The Christ on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is given for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and whenever you eat from this bread or drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And so together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is is risen. risen. Christ will come again. And so we join in the mighty chorus that says, Holy, Holy, Holy God, power of mine, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us bless communion with the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven.
0: In Christ we are. this good too Is the life of the world?
1: Second time I've sung with my mic on today. No fun. Uh, oh, I was pointing to a whole section. Sorry. Come forward as you feel led now. Well, if you haven't partaken yet, the gifts of God for the people of God. Now it would be the time of offering, but we can't pass plates, so there is a plate by the entrance to the the main entryway. But now is our time of responding and of thanksgiving and sharing and prayers. you have anything you can raise your hand but thanks for being here this morning and thanks for being able to worship again we give thanks Matthew Ringer May the Lord hear prayers for that. And you were in Australia, I think, when we stopped meeting too, so welcome back. Even though you've been back for a month now. But <laughs> Kelly. I did the crooked ones. Still is disgusting, but it's more empty now. The the cleanest the chairs have been in ten years. <laughs> We paid him with a couch, an old couch. Yeah. <laughs> uh. David. Prayers for your family and prayers for, I think, that situation that exhibits the the stain of the world so much in multiple different ways and facets, from whether it be the violence to the initial um, incident that caused it all to the way families are suffering, just um, prayers for those communities, prayers for as it stretches to Denver and L.A. and everywhere else, too. Um, it's not an easy thing to, to deal with. done. You normally sit a little further from me, but... (laughs) (laughs) Shelly. Prayers for Shelly's dad and prayers for everyone who's going to explain to her that Holy Spirit conundrum as well. <laughs> um. Merle. Uh, well, well, uh,
2: Merle. Uh, sp-
1: It's good to be back. Shal- uh, Sylvia. <laughs> you guys were supposed to go to Poland, right? Yeah. The mother country. For Sylvia. Maybe for some of, some of you as well, but certainly for Sylvia. Well, we'll pray for that, too, that that would get resolved. And then we pray for, let's see, uh, Kara, you finished high school. We can applaud for that. Um. <laughs> Joey finished Baylor. Um. Uh, let's see, one of you finished Skylark, right, eighth grade? Oh, Yeah. Two of you finished 8th grade, so we're going from high to low here because Roosevelt finished preschool, so like don't even, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, ninth grade, you finished ninth grade. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we should have started with Baylor, I guess, and then high school, and then I was, that's okay. Um, Yeah, mountains, <laughs> yes. Um, you got a chem degree. That's like a real degree, not history like us bums. Um, but also, this that that's to keep in mind people who are missing celebrations, trips, weddings, and funerals, and people who are dying alone. Um, those are ones that, uh, particularly deaths alone, really, I think, are some of the things that societies have tried not to allow for. So keep in your prayers people who are unable to say goodbye to loved ones during this time um, and locked in. Um, but let us go to the Lord in prayer. Empowering God, you gave the church the abiding presence of your Holy Spirit. Look upon your church today. Hear their petitions and thanks. And we give thanks for the transformation this church has gone through, for the hard work of Park, Merle, and others, in the cleaning, in the painting, in the tiling, and in the taking to a dump. We give thanks for all of that. God, we give thanks for those who have recovered from the virus, uh, the Ringers and Sylvia and others. We also pray for those who are currently suffering. We pray for those families and loved ones who have lost people during this time. Be near to them and comfort them. Let us pray together. Grant that gathered and directed by uh, your Spirit, we confess Christ in the Lord. We combine our his singular passion to, c- to continue his mission. We join in your eternal prayer. Amen. Praise God from home blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Praise Father Before we go forth as those empowered by God's spirit uh, we are supposed to wear our masks again as we leave. We're supposed to use second entrances. I'm not going to be that strict about it exit that's an exit. Roosevelt jumped out that window a couple minutes ago so you can do that too. but we're supposed to exit through other ways. but may we be empowered by God's Spirit who takes away the sin of the world and live lives possible made live lives only made possible by God raising Jesus from the dead, and go forth in that power. Amen. Uh, Yeah, my mic was on for some of this.